0: Welcome to the New Space India podcast, a bi-weekly talk show that brings you exclusive stories from people driving India's space activities. The New Space India podcast is pleased to announce our association with Dassault Systems, a global leader in providing businesses and people with collaborative virtual environments to imagine sustainable innovations. Dassault Systems Solutions supports startups, small and medium-scale enterprises, and original equipment manufacturers in developing disruptive solutions for space launchers and satellite propulsion. Hi, and welcome to yet another episode of the New Space India podcast. And we're very happy and very lucky to have Ravi here with us, who's going to be speaking about investments into the space sector and space startups in India. Thank you, Ravi, for making it here and uh, thank you very much for giving us your insights and welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. Thank you very much.
0: So Ravi, I know that uh, you're an engineer turned uh, venture capitalist and uh, you're you know looking at uh, investing in some of these companies in India who are doing space. So tell us a little bit about your own personal journey before we dive into investments and what got you into this engineering to then investment path and especially your interest in space. I think curiosity. Look, I'm an engineer. I build robots. I'm a practicing
1: engineer. Okay, so I build robots. I build machines. I love to call them intelligent machines. Hopefully, they are intelligent. I get royalty out of them. And I write uh, mostly deep learning code. I have 21 patents. Most of them patents have realized into products. So I'm extremely proud as an engineer. I'm not half... A good engineer, which I used to be when I was in mid-20s. Now I'm 45, 46. I'm also a rescue pilot, so I fly, so aviation is in my you know, veins. I used to be an investor. I used to invest mostly in areas which were part of my expertise or so-called domain of my knowledge. And 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 then one of the reasons of, or purpose for me was uh, to encourage deep tech. And one of the ways of encouraging deep tech, especially When you have only wisdom on your side and slowly and slowly, your motoring skills and skill and craft basically is lagging behind with the smart, uh, and really great engineers which are coming out of India and entrepreneurs which are coming to India. So I thought maybe VC will be a great place to restart the journey, relearn. So I've I've got great partners, great colleagues with whom I learn. Vani herself is is a teacher to me and she teaches me uh, venture capitalism. And that was a huge attraction for me. So I said, look, uh, let let us start this and let us try to be part of this journey of creating deep tech uh, in India.
0: Absolutely awesome. So when you talk about deep tech, space tech is something that uh, a lot of the deep tech venture capitalists have often said, space tech is a part of deep tech and many other sectors, maybe fintech or other sectors that are into some of these deep tech aspects. So is it very natural that uh, people who are doing generic technology investments look at space as a deep tech arena? And the reason why I ask that question is because when do you think space tech presented an opportunity to investors in india as a sector that they can get a return out of
1: okay so let me first address deep tech and what is deep tech because it's it's a word and it has got different definitions in different geographies and different maturity of both research development a, series b series c early stage growth and there are different meanings for that for my definition which i hope is a universal definition is is primarily where uh, you go through a valley of death well where you go for a valley of death of innovation okay and that is what defines there are people who basically take product risk there are people who take initialization of market risk there are people who take growth risk and these are critical Where do I fall in? I basically take the incubation, the innovation, and the product risk. As an engineer, I understand them, and I have built things with my own hands. So I take that how what thesis which i have in that in that domain today and they may change tomorrow is aerospace i consider aerospace which includes aeronautics and astronautics both as part of uh, my uh, you know deep tech thesis i consider intelligent machines uh, which includes iot and robotics as part of my thesis i also consider which is a little bit controversial since you have asked distributed computing which includes defi crypto and blockchain as a part of deep tech i consider coined word real AI, which includes deep learning, which includes cancer diagnostics and predictive platforms. I don't consider machine learning to be a real AI. I also consider EV infrastructure, which includes fast charging and chemical composition as deep tech. So fundamentally, these are the theses. Why these are my theses? I'm pretty new in in this. So areas where I had expertise or familiarization, I took them and I also saw seeds of great engineers coming out of various institutions in India so that was the natural choice but that's how i define deep tech and it's a realization through thesis in india
0: excellent and when was the first opportunity where you saw space as a part of the deep techs emerging epo- ecosystem in india Look, brilliant. Actually,
1: several places, frankly. I'm not going to name companies either my investments or anyone else's investments, okay? I was quite interested in terms of how engines are being built, okay? How launches are being planned, how unit economics of launch is coming, how new methodologies launch from anywhere is happening. But broadly, two things, this is very India-specific, I was mesmerized by ISRO's success, Okay, but I was, I was in a bliss, if that is the right word, in a bliss mode when I saw uh, favorable policy by government of India and various departments uh, ranging from department space, and also ISRO opening up as this great advisor and great incubator and supported by institutions like Indian Institute of Science, IIT Madras, and so and so forth. And and I thought that, look, if we can produce engineers and if there is facility and if there's incubation and there is a success and policy is in your favor, then why not? And frankly, I didn't look at factors like, you know, what is the global space economy, how it is divided, blah, blah, blah. I, I basically looked at India and what is happening in India and made a decision that time has come. And in fact, frankly, space was the easiest one okay because tell me how often do you find that the policymakers institutions and a very successful anchor is there with talent available so it was basically more of a common sense
0: from your perspective of uh, all of this what is your current reading of startup culture for us especially the space sector in India and what you think is unique about this and where is the opportunity that you see?
1: Strangely, I was actually talking to a few founders, two different startups, one in the initial stage and other a little bit once, and they basically talked about, Ravi, do you have any books or do you have any kind of a guidance in terms of what should be the culture of a particular startup or a particular company to become a large company in the area of space? And I said that don't read any books because each of large multi-billion dollar organizations and while they understand what are the org structures and technologies of uh, management and and basic attributes of culture, but ultimately you have to create it. So I'll skip culture part. I think it is totally a reflection of founders and and what kind of passion uh, they can it, it can ignite and for how long in terms of uh, consistent innovation, discovery and invention and not only among themselves but also among colleagues who have been enablers and who have been co-creators along with them a passion or a culture of, of a space company can be SpaceX can be NASA uh, can be Google can be ISRO can be anything or, or 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 they can create something on their own I would rather say they should create something on their own from the opportunity per se look it's a pretty known factor They're, The current if you actually look at space economy per se I'm not sure about the numbers but roughly you know space uh, global space economy is roughly about 350 billion plus market mm, fundamentally divided as a satellite industry and a non satellite industry and certain trends are pretty much clear small satellites and constellations they are appearing people m- are really serious about reusability of large launch vehicles. To what success they they have achieved is a matter of debate. But of course, that's a trend which is appearing. Data, and, you know, it is exciting in multiple sectors. Data for multiple sectors and its demand from space, right from imaging to 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 any kind of financial services, agriculture, prediction-oriented observations is in high demand. And then there is a fourth trend. I don't believe in that particular fourth trend because I don't have an expertise and I don't understand that that is basically space mission towards, towards alien, moon, Mars, or something like that, uh, or even beyond. I believe in, 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 in small satellites constellation, uh, large vehicles, their constitution, the reusability one, lowering number of parts in, in terms of building any kind of a machine, mostly rockets, fuel dynamics, liquid, hybrid, solid, data, how do you decipher that data? How do you encrypt that data? Simple thing, since I'm an aviator, from an airline perspective, can you get rid of A- ADSB and bring um, and build something which is far more cheaper and dramatically change this? Can you basically totally change the dynamics from ground to space versus space to ground in terms of transmission, in terms of data search, in terms of transmission uh, use cases resulting uh, from education to oil rigs or something like that? I fundamentally believe in that. So these are the three areas where, where I see a lot of commercialization which will be led through uh, lower Earth orbit will happen.
0: Absolutely, in that sense. So one of the things that I noticed in the last 10 years is a tremendous change. You talked really well about ISRO opening up or the regulations opening up or facilities being available and all of these things. One of the key factors, of course, is that you need capital also to be available for many of these founders to scale and to build whatever they want to build. And- At the end, space does need quite a lot of capital for anybody to be successful there as well. So over the last 10 years, one of the biggest changes that I've seen is, I mean, 10 years ago, there was some angel money available for some of these founders to raise. But today, there is serious venture capital available in India for some of these companies. So do you see this as well? And do you see several other Investors opening up their investments in space? Let me think. Look, investment is investment. As
1: I said, I'm pretty new to VC, so it may be a little bit unorthodox kind of a reply. But first, let us look at why you should invest. And I, I, the context will be, or a playground will be India, right? Why would you invest? Should you invest in launching rockets? Should you invest in satellite manufacturing? Should you invest in satellite propulsion? Should you invest? I'm just taking, you know, just one domain, satellite application and others, okay? Easiest one will be satellite application and others, because it, it is, from a very understanding perspective, it is related to other sectors in, in a language what people say hot, Okay, applications as use cases, simpler use cases, which can multiply either efficiency or distribution in areas which are, which I call are, are pretty much staple areas, okay, ranging from agri- agriculture to education. So I don't think there would be any hesitation or there would be any reluctance or, or, or lack of availability of capital. So I, that's the easiest one. Satellite propulsion is something where I think frankly all the three launch rockets satellite manufacturing satellite propulsion all three if you understand the the dynamics okay of what it takes to build these kind of companies okay and you understand the importance of a mistake a first failure a second failure and a third failure and when the capital is required and what kind of capital is required, when is OPEX required, when is CAPEX required. If you understand that and you are part of the ecosystem because all said and done, it's a small club. India actually makes a lot of sense. And this is the reason why it makes sense. It has got credibility. If there is one thing which is single biggest, largest contribution, which ISRO has done, is credibility. And when you have credibility, raising capital or getting capital becomes far more easier. Second thing is, does it make sense? Now, since you understand this space quite well, unlike other investments or investment thinking, you can call it thesis, early stage investments, specifically early stage investments in space companies are based on technical milestones. So first of all, you need to understand technical milestones if you are interested in investing. I think not only there is a cost advantage, but more than that, which not many people talk about it, achieving those technical milestones in India is a significant fraction of time and cost. Time is something which I'm extremely bullish about. And and that is a remarkable thing. Cost, fine. Today you have an advantage, tomorrow somebody is a fraction. So how do you have advantage over a fraction? How can you achieve these milestones in the fraction of time that anyone else has done? That basically goes that there is the, the fundamentals of this particular industry in India Are very strong from R&D infrastructure perspective and policy making perspective, anything in between. Third thing, what you expect since it's a regulated one is support. Now, at least from 2020 onwards, okay, if you actually look at what Indian Space Promotion and whatever Authorization Center has done, and what how supportive Department of Space has been in terms of policy changes, policy creation, that has been remarkable. Okay, If you mix all these three, credibility, cost advantage, and the whole whatever uh, culture, ecosystem, pull of gravity, which is happening uh, in India, it makes tons of sense to invest and flow of capital will happen on its own. We don't have to make a case for it. No one has to make a case of it. It will just happen. It actually makes a lot of investment sense from a VC to achieve a multiple, from a founder perspective to create a large company, from a perspective of creating whatever version of civilization which has space economy as one of the largest contributors to GDP, overall global GDP. It makes tons of sense.
0: And one of the things here, of course, is you talked about the government opening up again with ISRO and others. Let's compare this with other ecosystems and make sense of what is uh, happening in India and why it could be a stronger ecosystem. One of the things that uh, you see with the American ecosystem or others is the participation of NASA and all of these three-letter agencies, you know, CIA or other agencies who are procuring space-based services directly from younger companies. You have a bunch of US government sources procuring all of this, giving them the basis and the foundation to expand their capabilities, all of these companies, right? And in India, we have this sense that ISRO is self-fulfilling its own missions and applications. And a lot of these younger entrepreneurs are building something that either goes to other businesses as services or other consumers as services or scales internationally with customers abroad. So my feeling generally is that given that Indian founders are forced to think in this way, where they build something directly, sell to a business or a consumer or even internationally, that makes them stronger and that builds that cockroach attitude a little bit more. And it's easier, for for example, for a lot of these American companies with the government demand in place. So what is your sense uh, of all of this? Do you believe that government demand is very important for all of these companies? Or do you see the current way in ways in which uh, these businesses have to build is more interesting and it's a better way of scaling
1: look you know brilliant uh, brilliant analysis and and thanks for bringing that up i agree with everything what you have mentioned but my conclusion may be different okay look i am i believe in capitalism don't get me wrong and i believe in american capitalism of course in within the boundaries of ethos and ethics all the things which you have mentioned cockroach approach without naming a particular country, a set or or a sector getting far more favorable treatment or maybe far bigger orders from government directly and all this. that's great. Good for them. I agree with you that maybe in India, because of the sheer demand today, or maybe the initialization of ecosystem, it is not up to that. But if you go with the factors which I've mentioned, which is factors of credibility, cost and time, and policy supporting them, I think these constraints are actually an advantage, especially in a zone or in the philosophy and a culture, geo-culture of capitalism. That means these constraints are forcing entrepreneurs and startups in India to do things faster, do things better, do things at a fraction of the cost, think global, build things which can be commoditized far more quickly. And since they can be commoditized far more quickly, they can be accepted by Global policymakers, and since they are accepted by a global policymaker, either you can create market or you can participate in a market which is outside the zone of protection, and you are constantly under a brilliant pressure to work on all elements of not only continuous innovation from a tech or from a product perspective, but also in terms of services and also creating innovation, innovative models of doing business and are rock selling. So all these things which you have mentioned are actually in the favor of Indian startups to go global and win on their merit and, and build scale and win global turf.
0: And the other subject that always comes up with a lot of these uh, smaller, younger companies is the role of uh, government funding. There's a lot of government funding available across the world in different regions, of course. And it's always uh, pointed out in India as well that government should fund a little bit more into companies and give them grants and things like that. This is, again, one of the interesting debates that we could have from a VC or even a funding standpoint, right? Again, I might be wrong, but you can correct me. But I would love to hear your view in this, which is, for me, I think government as a source of funding is always bad because it's very difficult to get that funding among all the competition. And it's also very difficult to get that funding repeatedly as a source. So it's better to for the government to open up as a customer, as demand opening up in a repeatable fashion and people competing for that demand rather than as a funding source. So what is the role of government beyond putting the regulatory framework into place in the space sector that you would say is a way in which it grows the overall competitiveness of companies?
1: Okay. I can give a straight answer to that. But before that, let me just just lay down my my thinking. I'll try to create a structure out of it. Let us go by hypothesis. Just be with me for just for the sake of this hypothesis that government is interested. Let's not debate that government is not interested in creating a space economy. Let's all believe in that. That's a fact. That's a postulate. That's a hypothesis, okay? Now, if they have to do that in the context of, let's say, a very simple one, Leo's, okay? You require a kind of ecosystem developments in a staple, what I call as miniaturization of electronics that is there. Can that be an area which can progress further? Of course, we are at the initial stage. Do we require skilled manpower for that? Answer is yes. I, I think government should do more, but not only government, public-private partnership should do more. It is required. Will it happen? Of course it will happen because it will create so many jobs through this particular industry. It has done, automobile industry has done tremendously well in India, both in terms of creating products, creating innovative products, but also impact on, on India's GDP and direct in, impact in creating job creation. So miniaturization of electronics can be a huge sector which on which basically everything is based if you want to create commercialization of space, What government is doing very well is access to space facilities. Okay, that is already happening. You need to know how to. I think government is extremely favorable. ISRO has taken the lead, but there are several other organizations which are doing that. Do we have enough institution which actually teach this particular subject, this particular domain and subdomains within that? That is an area which can improve. It should improve. Do I see that? I don't. I would like to see more. Third one, policy changing, favoring a private space company, very comfortable. You know, it will only improve. It is already quite liberal. If your use cases are within uh, the domain of civil, uh, it is already uh, very much. If it is in the scope of civil defense or pure defense, then it is just like any other country. In fact, far more liberal. Then the last one, which you hinted, in fact, you mentioned in this, the availability of early stage risk capital for space tech. It is available, but can it match other sectors today? More should be done. Of course, more should be done. But then this is very early stage. You compare number of space companies in India versus other sectors which are in the commodity zone. So I will not dwell more on that. But should government give more grants? I think government is already doing quite well. More, of course, is is highly appreciated. Frankly, uh, lack of early stage capital. Is that a constraint today for an entrepreneur who understands this particular domain and wants to build a company and a very large company and want to build in India and serve global? I don't think that's a constraint or a restriction today.
0: Excellent. And one of the points that comes to my mind here is the status of venture financing that has already occurred in the country so far. There's a few companies that have raised on the order of 7 to $10 million or early stage companies that have also raised you know, 2 to $3 million capital as of today in India. One of the things that you see that is required in space for a lot of space infrastructure companies Not just the application ones, is higher capital to go operational at scale, not just the tech demonstration mode. So at that point of time, you're raising 50, 60, 100 million dollars in funding. Do you think the capital availability for such fundraising is already available within India, or are there sources? Or is this something a topic for more and more foreign investors to participate in, in such funding?
1: yeah you know i'll divide this into two parts first is growth capital available in india and that's make it a broader topic for deep tech answer is no okay but then how many how many indian entrepreneurs have really done deep tech in india and if you really have a deep tech company and if you really build something which is really remarkable domestic international either ways is it difficult to raise growth capital answer is yes that's a fact okay should it become easier and should it become easier through whatever f- foreign intervention fdis foreign funds growth capital coming across the border or across from anywhere yes why not india is a democracy it has got reasonably liberal economic ecosystem why not should there be a domestic ecosystem ranging from institutions to corporates answer is yes in fact i would stress more on that because Look, if you want to make, and I I really mean serious, large space economy, which is domestic and international nature, but domestic is also very important, right? All the sectors, which um, even if I take a lower earth orbit economy, just for the heck of it, if I just take LEOs uh, for that order, and if I just, a subsystem, if I just converge technical subsystem into each of these creating sub economies within this particular thing and it's such a small element you know payload just takes player. anyone can develop a payload camera communication receiver transmitter okay how many smes can benefit out of it we can literally mushroom suburbs who can do that avionics right high skill high demand and we can actually create an industry out of avionics which can serve the world telemetry how difficult or how different it is than other from other sectors which are in a similar kind of domain and i'm just talking about leos or in my words low earth orbit economy if if i just take that okay i don't see any reason why it will not happen but you have to think from a perspective which is really mega which is really a high denomination Contributor to GDP. And when you think from that particular perspective, I see far more participation, which is domestic rather than from outside. And remember, I haven't spoken about defense at all. That particular industry doesn't even exist in India, both in terms of parts and anything ranging from MROs to manufacturing to assembly to software to firmware to avionics. Nothing exists today. I have deliberately taken a simplest, most non-controversial economy, which is that itself can unlock such a huge value in terms of GDP contribution. That one particular thing which I mentioned, which is domestic, institution to corporate, early stage to growth support. Early stage, I'm bullish. Growth, I'm not so sure about it. I I see people talking about it. I don't see a very serious interest apart from maybe four or five institutions.
0: Yeah, thanks for your honest views on on all of this in that sense. So from the sense of the companies that you've seen so far, the entrepreneurs that you've interacted uh, in India, do you think that there are certain companies that need to be built from India that is not being built already or certain types of companies that you see could be easily built out of India in the sector and are not, you don't see any entrepreneurs targeting that or what are the gaps that you see? Because we see launch vehicles, satellite building companies, you see some of the other services that are out there, but maybe there's a lot missing as well. So I would love to hear from you.
1: Yeah. Look, as I said, the three aspects, uh, small satellites, constellations, launch vehicles, how can we, how we can make them better, lesser parts, more usable fuel, Data companies, which are space data companies, um, payload companies, all of these have to be more. I think there are are companies in each of these spaces, frankly, but not many. Why not many? Several reasons. You know, we are all aware of it. Capabilities are there. There are companies, launch rockets, typical high barriers to entry. You know, can Indian companies solve it? Of course. More companies should build that. Even as you have mentioned, there are companies, but more. There should be competition to existing companies. They're too less. More has to be happened. My first of all, my selfish interest as a as an aerospace engineer, but overall, from an Indian context, if if we have to build an economy, then more companies, too less. Satellite manufacturing, I don't know why they are not coming. Lower barriers very different than rocket industry, but huge global market, why it should more should happen for multiple use cases. Payload associated to these. Manufacturing more should happen. Not much has happened in that. St- satellite propulsion, get inspired by ISRO, but get out of the shadow of IS- ISRO also. Do it more for global. Again, very few companies, two or three, maybe three or four. Satellite application, very less. Easiest one to handle. A variety of uh, use cases are there. I frankly, I don't know. Maybe. Folks like me, we have to create far potent community. More evangelism should happen. Maybe we have to go at a grassroots level. Maybe more more institutions should not only have graduation courses, but also research um, in, across India. Maybe that will solve the problem. But yeah, in each of these, there's no specific areas. In each of these areas, and many more companies have to, examples of Indian companies in each of these areas are there, but I want more.
0: And one of the things that you did mention about is this uh, evangelization of the community and all of these things. And one of the things that you quoted earlier, you know, in the interview was this space industry globally being $350 billion and somebody has gone on to actually measure that in some form or the other. One of the things that I see missing in India critically is actually a measure of how many jobs we create or how much capital we've raised as a total country in the space sector, or how many companies are operating in our domain. And a lot of the statistical evidence that you would actually want to present to a policymaker to tell them that there's more jobs to be created, or there's more tax revenue to be collected and all of these things. So do you see some sort of a NASCOM or what institutions can actually support in building up these evidence and presenting it to policymakers Hopefully supporting the whole sector.
1: Yeah, look, interesting. I never thought of that. And this is a reaction. This is a this is purely a reaction. How do you approach a policymaker when they say that look, I have democratized the space? Okay. <laughs> so I've already democratized the space. You are part of a democracy. Globally, there are very clear standards. In most of cases, there are very, very clear standards, specifications and trading processes. How do you go to a policymaker? They're going to say, hey, I've done. NASCOM, similar things are in NASCOM. I think it makes sense whether it should be done within the umbrella of NASCOM or should we have another one, community one? I agree to that. I think it makes sense. Have I thought through this? I don't, but look, I'm a very simple engineer who is learning uh, the craft of venture capitalism. So I can't spell that or I, I can't provide my view on that. But I do agree. But yeah, some. but I think about that. It's one of those rare situations where policymakers are in your favor. Commoditization, democratization for most things has happened. Other difficulties will remain. Of course, all of us have to play a role. People like me can lead that or or participate or create communities out of it. Supply chains are as complex as for any other business. Skill and talent, government should do more. Public, private sector should do more and all that stuff. Nascom kind of society, interesting one. Never thought of it
0: as a reaction, makes sense, yes. Yeah, I hope somebody actually collects all of this evidence and presents it, because unfortunately, I've actually not seen any such numbers that builds up evidence to policymakers to say, we are going to take this action at a particular point in time. I hope so, that people do work on it and are able to build on it. The other aspect that is also maybe interesting to assess is quality of entrepreneurs that you've seen. Do you have a sense of what is the quality of people that you've interacted with and Do you think the quality that you see among entrepreneurs, given their experience or even youth is is very good?
1: That's a simple straightforward, shortest answer uh, over here. If I combine youth, intellect, with the clarity of what they want to do and their capability to do that, okay, both as entrepreneurs and as doers, engineers, okay, remarkable one of the best in the world.
0: So do you want to expand on it? Uh, You know, what do you see as qualities that you think are remarkable about all of these things? Look, uh, I can keep on, you know, going. Their understanding
1: of unit economics, spot on, they understand this, okay? Their ability to gauge risk and convert that risk into very quantitative measure of operating cost, spot on. Their ability to smartly think, take any example, of a rocket or constituents of rocket, and build better components so that the time to test is very less, certification time is very less, still keeping within the boundaries of regulator. One of the best in in the globe. To be humble and get people of expertise and experience who have basically done launches, who have built satellites, who have created use cases, built payloads, remarkable. Understanding of uh, policies in their favor, not so in their favor, remarkable understanding of the global one whom to partner not to partner where to take help where to basically deliver help how much equity to give how much not equity to give remarkable so i can keep on engineering perspective remarkable engineers so yeah if your next question is that ravi if that is the case why so many less founders and so many less companies frankly i don't have an answer for that i hope it changes hope is a good thing you have a hope in a sense of community i hope that this will change and this will change rapidly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to push you definitely in that direction. I hope to as well. That's the only thing that we can do. And we've seen 50 such companies emerge in the last five years or so. And we can only hope that there's going to be 100 companies in the next two or three years. Yeah. Again, Ravi, from your perspective, the other part is you have seen the whole spectrum of deep tech as well in your lens. When you compare the opportunities that, space tech as a part of the deep tech ecosystem and some of the other deep tech aspects uh, and opportunities that you talked about how do you see them as opportunities do you think space offers you know offers a bigger opportunity better opportunity in that sense within india
1: bigger i will not say because um both are big i think easier i think so let me define okay i have i have invested in a remarkable company Remarkable founders who want to basically change the world by providing an alternate, highly efficient, at a fraction of a cost, rare earth free motors, okay, that means they want to impact anything which moves or which has got motion. To understand, to even understand difference between an induction motor and a reluctance motor and its use cases and build an IP on it and create a model of royalty. Okay, These are very new things. I'm talking about a new age IP oriented company, which is ultimate, ultimate form that you have arrived in the zone of capitalism, even if uh, any company in Norway uh, or in Germany or in US or in Japan will be proud for if, if they are able to create that kind of model purely on deep tech. Okay, that's a classical form of deep tech. Is it difficult for them? Answer is yes. Versus space. First, space is exciting. Second thing, while the nitty gritties of execution of space and its regulatory framework and its risks and its failures, they may be difficult to understand for a person who is not part of this particular zone, but overall it excites that person. Overall, it's I, it's easier and favorable for a space company than a classical deep tech. Deep tech also has a problem, which is a problem of misunderstanding. Okay, Sometimes entrepreneurs use deep tech just to impress a fact that the code or the instrumentation or the machine or anything which they have built is nice, it's sexy, it's complicated, it's difficult to replicate. And they use this word deep tech. So that is also an issue with word deep tech. But these are early days. But since you understand deep tech and since you understand space per se, classical space companies versus classical, it is easier. I would not say bigger or something like that. But it's easier for a space company at this moment of time versus a deep tech company.
0: And Ravi, one of the other aspects is also the understanding that venture capital is, gets out of assessing a space sector for investment. So I've had five or six different VCs who are investing in other parts of the industry come to me in the last couple of months asking me, can you help me form a thesis to investing in some of these Indian companies? So given that you have an engineering background, so you probably are much more, it's probably much more easier for you to connect with a lot of these and connect all of these dots. Maybe somebody who doesn't have, you know that both techno entrepreneurial angle to all of this maybe finds it much more difficult to assess all of these things so what do you think are you know some of the challenges that people face while entering this sector to form a thesis as a vc yeah
1: i don't know how to answer that is it easier for me yeah easier in the sense that in the end i look look them as companies of course i i understand what can go wrong and what do they expect out of me? And from, as I said, from you know, valley of death. Frankly, value of death for space from an early stage is far more deeper than value of death for innovation in a typical deep tech company. But again, it's uh, and for space, it's not a boolean game. For most deep tech companies, it sometimes becomes a boolean game. Hence, growth capital. If you're successful, if your if your product risk is eliminated and there is initial you know traction, I think growth capital, especially in 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 where deep tech is established, Silicon Valley, Boston Valley, Seattle area. And UK, some countries in the European Union, it's actually quite easy to get a growth capital. Uh, frankly, it makes tons of sense because multiples are huge. For a person who doesn't, I think principles. I, In fact, I was talking on, uh, to a remarkable early stage who, who basically complimented me on one of the recent investments which I have done. And, and he basically said that, that he has done investments at a very, very early stage. And I said, huge respect for you that you have understood and this thing, but curious how you have understood. And his answer was Ravi on first principles. Look, first principles work always. Okay. When you really go at an early stage, how do you gauge founders? What do you think about the founders? How do you view them as creators of large companies or maybe large economies in case of space? you don't require uh, you know, deep understanding of engineering for that. It becomes easier for me. Some things which go in my favor or in my firm's favor is credibility that I can help in incubation. I'm here for long-term. I'm not playing this entry-exit game. I, I really want to enjoy the pain, share that, and participate in this journey and journey to create anything in space is not a short journey. It's a really long journey. Trust, does it encourages trust if you understand space? Of course. But for that, you don't have to have an engineering background. If your first principles are strong, and if you have a deeper understanding of uh, which founders uh, uh, you want to invest in, I think they are as much valid for any other company than space company. I would like to think I have an advantage, uh, but not because I, I have engineering background and I'm a practicing engineer. I would like to think um, because I'm a decent person with a very strong intent, with a high degree of, of integrity and, and love for and passion uh, for this particular sector and industry. And I really want space to become an economy, not from an engineering person, but everything across India. Why in Pune, in Bangalore, we can't manufacture satellites? Why we can't create another ancillary suburb like Faridabad in Delhi NCR? Why can't suburbs of Pune create a mushroom, small and medium enterprises for avionics? Why can't Mumbai can also become a trading hub for data which originates uh, from space. So I share that and I know what is a ground reality, but but I share that vision and maybe that is uh, far more attractive and more required than basically a deeper understanding of space.
0: The last question I have uh, before I let you go is where do you see exits coming from and what is the nature of the exits that you see for the sector? And the second part would be are there any bold predictions that you want to leave the listeners with?
1: Um, bold predictions? No, I'm not. Uh, as I said, I I come from a middle class family. Typically, those kind of value system. I talk about things uh, which uh, which is in the realms of my body of work or the investments which I have made, and um, and based on my thesis, so no bold. Uh, I'm certain of the fact that new space economy will emerge and it will be one of the largest, if not the largest one in India, okay? But that's not a bold statement. I'm quite certain about this as a postulate and as a fact, and I believe in it. Exit, I'm not thinking about that uh, because I'm certain, and this I'm extremely certain, that the investments which um, which my firm has made and others have made, they will actually create a new denomination, a new criteria of of how deep tech companies and space companies included should be considered, should be measured, and how these exits uh, will be done, um, because methodology which is used in uh, a, you know as an entry, as I mentioned, are technical milestones, exits will be technical milestones and outcomes. You know, your rounds are going to be very, very different. You put 11 satellites, typically in low orbit, capture 40% of global data. Well, you know, you are going to become Google of the the world. You know, why only data from the ground is searchable. You can create multiple use cases over there. So, So exit, I'm not going to put a number on that, but
0: remarkably, remarkably high multiples. Great. And Ravi, thank you so much for taking the time and providing all your perspectives. I think this adds uh, quite a lot of insight to the listeners as well. So I would love to have you again a year from now or so on, where you possibly picked out a few more investments and we've seen the sector grow as well. So again, thank you so much for taking the time.
1: Thank you for having me. Hope I made sense and great questions and great insights. Thank you.